Don Morant at six foot three dunked on Victor Wembanyama at seven foot four as part of the Memphis Grizzlies victory over the San Antonio Spurs on Tuesday night. That's not what I'm most excited about, that height difference. I am most excited in how John Moran's audacity appears to have returned. He called his shot. He nailed it. We're going to talk about that, how Memphis pulled off the win over the Spurs and preview Grizzlies Raptors tonight on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a wonderful Wednesday edition of the podcast, and it is wonderful to be back with you wherever you are, however you're taking in the show, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. It is I, Joe Mullinex, once again, flying solo with you on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. And it's always nice. Again, the sun shines a little bit brighter. The birds sing a little bit more sweetly, and you and I get to enjoy each other's company just a little bit more after a Grizzlies win, even if it's not the prettiest of victories as the Grizzlies pulled off against the San Antonio Spurs. This episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Again, friendly reminder that this is a podcast that is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all of those wonderful things and continue to take make myself and to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I've been covering and writing about the Grizzlies for over a decade now. Between the two of us, you're in good hands covering these Memphis Grizzlies. We appreciate you, whether you're an everydayer, whether it's your first time through, maybe you're in between checking us out. It is appreciated. Again, I'm solo on this episode to Michael covering the team live and in person for the commercial appeal. So you're stuck with my ugly mug and my beautiful voice as we discuss San Antonio and Memphis. And I want to start off with the John Morant dunk. We're going to get into the specifics of the game and, you know, the, the other guys, so to speak. I don't want Desmond Bain's performance or Luke Kennard showing to get lost in the Morant jam. But aside from the sheer physics of it, because again, John Morant is a full foot shorter than Victor Wembanyama, and I'm sure Wembanyama didn't run into anybody with the athletic ability of Morant in the French League. Before we get to all of that, I just want to reiterate how important for me, and it should be important for you as well, dear listener, dear viewer, how important it is for us in this shared Grizzlies experience to get the John Morant back, not just that can get past people with ease after dribble, not just the, the guy who can distribute the basketball effectively, which he most certainly did against the San Antonio Spurs, no denying that by any stretch of the imagination. He deserves all the credit in the world for how he was capable to dissect uh, a terrible San Antonio team. Like, we don't have to pretend like the Spurs are good. They're 5-28. and 28. The Grizzlies should have won this game, and it was closer at times than it should have been. The Spurs were up by one at one point in the second half before Desmond Bain and then eventually John Morant took the game over. 
But John Morant's 10 assists to go along with his 26 points, the performance was impressive. What I am most excited about seeing is the way that he did it, the fun that he had, especially in the second half, which was so good to see after the injury scare. He falls to the ground, bumps his knee on the court, looked a little bit like the way Steven Adams got hurt. So for those of us that remember that injury, you know, you hold your breath. Morant comes back in the second half, thankfully. And once things get going, he begins to take over the game. And it's Morant who leads the eventual process to closing out the contest. The Grizzlies eventually win by eight. But it wasn't that close at the end. Memphis was clearly the better team in the second half, and they flexed their muscle with Morant being the first one to do the flexing. But beyond the passing, beyond the scoring, beyond the fact that it counted for two points, regardless of how cool it looks on the highlight reels, the fact that John Morant wanted to try it, and the fact that going back to when Wembenyama was, you know, a, a possibility for the Spurs and how Ja talked about wanting to dunk on him and this was his first chance to do it and he actually did it in the game, the audacity of it. And I don't want to mean it in a disrespectful way, right? Like when I say audacity, I've written about the audacity of Ja Morant in the past. And that is part of what makes him great. Because John will be the first one to tell you that he his story is an unlikely one, right? If you're not familiar with the come up of John Morant playing inside gyms and AAU tournaments, playing, of course, for Murray State small school in the college ranks, he was and is one of the more unlikely superstars in the National Basketball Association. That's part of his allure, part of his charisma, his uh, his it factor, so to speak is how he truly feels like a Memphis superstar in that he comes from humble beginnings and he's built himself up to this place as an athlete, as a NBA caliber superstar. But going back to May in, in April, when he returned from the first suspension, playing in the playoffs and the games before the playoffs got started, he didn't seem like himself. Right? He didn't seem like he was having fun. He didn't seem like he was engaged. He didn't seem as energetic to be on the floor as he had been in the past. And coming back from this longer suspension, right, the bigger one, the second time around, DeMichael and I have talked about here on the show, our concern about him finding a way to be himself on the basketball court without feeling like he had to be something that he wasn't necessarily or probably shouldn't be be anymore off of it how he could be the jaw that he wanted to be a better version you heard him talk about it in interviews coming off of the suspension and press availability you wanted to see it in action and obviously his personal life is his personal life the things that he does at home with his family and friends hopefully especially not on instagram live we're not going to be as privy to that kind of information right you and i all we should be basing our opinions of John Morant off of moving forward is what he does on the basketball floor for the Memphis Grizzlies. And part of what makes him great is the willingness to even try to dunk on the likes of Victor Wembanyama. He did it. It was awesome to see Pete Pranica, the Grizzlies play-by-play guy, almost jumps out of his seat when it occurs, almost had as good of hops as Ja. But 
the fact he was willing to try, his reaction to it, the sheer guttural emotion that he unleashed, that is what is so optimistic for me. That is what has me excited still about what these Grizzlies can do. Because you might get in the comments and you might talk about how this team is washed. They don't have a chance. They don't have a center. Those things might be true, especially the last one. Although Bismack Biombo did play slightly better in this contest. Eight rebounds and 28 minutes of play. We'll talk about the Grizzlies rotation here in a minute. While things did get better in that regard, without John Morant and without the John Morant that we have come to know pretty extensively through these last few years, playing at the level that he is capable of playing at, without that guy, none of this matters. We've seen it now, right? Tyus Jones ain't walking through that door. The best substitute teacher in basketball is not coming through the FedEx Forum entrance. So John Morant, if he's gone, this team is going to struggle and struggle mightily, and you might as well punt the season. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He is the catalyst. But in order for him to be what the Grizzlies need him to be, he has to be willing to be himself on the floor. And he has to be comfortable doing it, and he has to feel like he can be free to do those things. And he can say what he wants, but all of the pressures that surround him have to be Heavy. So that, again, release after dunking on Wembenyama was good to see. Not because he was being disrespectful, not because he was doing anything that would embarrass anybody. It was good to see him openly acknowledge the feat that he had done and the fact that he was willing to try it in the first place. That dunk said more than what those few seconds on tape when you watch it on social media could ever actually say. And again, it is a reason that I am optimistic about what the Grizzlies can still be this season. As long as John Morant is in the mix, the Memphis Grizzlies have got a shot. John Morant, of course, is not alone. We'll talk about some of the help that he got in the contest, the big win over the Spurs coming up next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. I know you're a big fan of FanDuel. And if you're not, what in the world are you doing? The NFL's regular season is wrapping up. Fantasy championships and fantasy football leagues are closing up shop. There's still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, though. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, you heard me right. $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is extremely easy to use with FanDuel. There are so many different ways to bet. You have things like live same-game parlays. So you can find bets in a new and improved Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. So much more goes into FanDuel.com than I could possibly say in this ad. So you should most certainly check it out for yourself. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. The NBA season grinds forth. The NFL is finishing up its regular season. Check out FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Locked on Grizzlies, we will be talking the other guys that helped get Memphis in the win column. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, proud co-host of this podcast, flying solo once again to Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. 
Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. Usually my co-host not with me for this episode of the show and not going to be with me for tomorrow's edition either because the Grizzlies have another game. And we'll talk about that more here momentarily. The Toronto Raptors coming to town. Coach Darko making his return to Memphis. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch play out. But before we get to the Raptors coming in for the second night of a back-to-back for the Grizzlies, let's talk a little bit more about the Spurs game. Because as cool as that John Morant dunk was, and don't get me wrong, super cool, there were other pieces and aspects to that win that I don't want to go unnoticed, unmentioned. Uh, Let's start with the bad, to be honest with you. Let's start with something that maybe has me a little bit concerned, and that's Jaron Jackson Jr., who in 32 minutes of play, Seven rebounds, that was cool, right? It was good to see him attack the glass a little bit more than he normally does, according to his averages. He still had seven stocks. So on the defensive end of things, he was still mighty impactful. Everybody talks about the length and the size of Victor Wembenyama. Four blocks, zero steals in the game. And again, Wemby is, what, 18 years old? So a rookie in the league. Don't expect him to be up to Jaron Jackson Jr.'s caliber defensively just yet. But still, seven stocks for Jaron. Defensive player of the year type numbers, right? Three of 14 from the field. And he struggled at times, whether he's being guarded by Wembenyama. More often than not, it wasn't Wembenyama. And he still didn't have his touch in this contest. The Grizzlies at large really were not active as uh, three-point shooters. They're one of the worst teams shooting the three in the NBA anyway. But at 31.6% against a team like the Spurs with the size and length of Wembenyama, if you're going to shoot that poorly, usually you're not going to win. And it's the main reason why this game was so close. That and the fact that, you know, until closing out the game, the Grizzlies were losing in the rebound battle. Um, It's all stuff that Memphis could have corrected if they just knocked down some open shots. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is a good example of that. But you still even had guys like a Desmond Bain shoot a little bit below their average. You had Marcus Smart not make a single three. You want to see those numbers higher if this Grizzlies team is going to go on the run. They're going to need to to string together some wins to actually get back in this play-in conversation that we keep talking about them trying to do. So a little bit better offensive output, even though Jaron had a strong defensive game. That would have been good to see. I mentioned Marcus Smart not shooting particularly well. Hopefully it was just an off night. But again, if he's going to be that starting wing next to Morant and Bain, they need a little bit more production. He doesn't have to be a leading scorer, but he does need to be more of a threat from beyond the arc than he was against San Antonio. Desmond Bain, before John Morant helped kind of spark the closing sequence of the contest to really put it out of reach for the Spurs, again, that eight-point disadvantage for San Antonio, a bit deceiving. The game was not that close. Before Morant really kind of put the the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. Desmond Bain came out, and the Spurs took the lead briefly in the second half. In the third quarter, they were up by one point. And then Desmond Bain came in and scored the next three buckets for the Grizzlies, and they never really turned back after that. Bain had the most efficient scoring night of anybody for Memphis, 11 of 17 from the field. Only two of six from three. Obviously, you'd like to see Bain shoot a little bit more effectively from beyond the arc in that way. But again, the fact he got 24 points without taking a single free throw on 17 shots, that is efficient scoring. That is him continuing his downhill Des ways. Only two assists in this game, so he got more for himself than he did for others in this contest. I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that because it was a game for John Morant to dish out the love in terms of 10 assists. Desmond Bain is at his best when he is a true point guard, which means he's a secondary facilitator. I don't need him racking up four, five, six assists on any given night. Between getting to the basket, his mid-range jumper, and what he can do from three, he's the best three-level scorer they've got on the team, the Memphis Grizzlies. They need Desmond Bain to look for his shot. It's a good night when Desmond Bain leads the Memphis Grizzlies in shot attempts. I'm cool with that nine times out of ten, barring a red-hot John Morant performance. But the shot distribution of Bain at 17, Morant at 15, Jackson Jr. at 14, sign me up. I'm cool with it. I like it. Very good. That is the way that it should look. Desmond Bain is that dude. One more thing I want to touch on before we move on to the Raptors. The the change in rotation. The Memphis Grizzlies lose Derrick Rose. We thought they were going to lose John Morant, given the injury scare at the end of the first half. But it's Rose who actually sits out the remainder of the game. Plays nine minutes in the first half. Scores a little bit, but is not good at all defensively. Gets blown by consistently. Rose has thigh soreness, does not finish the contest. Instead of bringing in a David Roddy, instead of bringing in a Zaire Williams, a John Conchar, Taylor Jenkins significantly shrinks the bench. No other player plays other than Luke Kennard, Vince Williams Jr., and Santi Aldama. Those were the guys that actually got the run for the Grizzlies coming out of the second half or coming into the second half. Pretty significant because it meant that guys like, uh, excuse me, Zaire Williams, John Conchar, David Roddy, who had been getting run, Xavier Tillman to a lesser extent, obviously he's a big, but perimeter-esque players did not replace Rose. Jenkins decided to ride with Asante Aldama, who had an efficient 13 points on six shots, 11 rebounds, double-double off the bench for Santi. Luke Kennard makes three threes in this contest, plus three free throws. He's a plus 16. So you look at the numbers, and again, it corresponds with the run that the Grizzlies went on to close this thing out. It was John Morant basically leading the reserves. Bismack Biombo, Luke Kennard, Vince Williams Jr., Santi Aldama. Morant did a phenomenal job in this contest. Bain did as well before Morant came in, really kind of closing this thing out. And it was the Grizzlies reserves that really did the number on the San Antonio Spurs. Because you had some success for San Antonio against that starting lineup for the Grizzlies. But as Morant got going and then Bain before him, Everything came up Memphis. It wasn't just Jaw, regardless of uh, how much attention his dunk gets on Wemby. Desmond Bain had a great game. Luke Kennard made some key shots. Vince Williams Jr. got some good run. We even saw the lineup that I had been clamoring for last week on Lockdown Grizzlies. The Jaw Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Vince Williams Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr. five. Wasn't the best run for those guys. I hope we continue to see it and get a little more of a sample size. But it's good to know that Taylor Jenkins is checking out Lockdown Grizzlies. What's up, Coach Jenkins? Appreciate you watching or listening to the show. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we are going to talk about the Toronto Raptors a little bit. A really cool opportunity for the Grizzlies to welcome back Coach Darko, who is so significant 
to the development of guys like Santi Aldama and Desmond Bain. We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to shout out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is also brought to you by Game Time. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I get a little bit nervous. I get a little bit freaked out about trying to find tickets in a rushed manner, a last-minute kind of purchase. I know you've been in that spot just like me before. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Thankfully, you have Game Time, which is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it begins, it's the place to find last-minute seats. The place to find these last-minute seats. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps, and the Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What are you waiting for? Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, of course. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. When we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, we're closing out the show previewing Memphis and the Toronto Raptors. Stick with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, your host for this episode, as well as the next one, our Thursday edition of the podcast. I'll be with you as well. DeMichael Cole closing up work covering the Memphis Grizzlies for the commercial appeal there in Memphis as their beat writer. DeMichael will hopefully be with us on our Friday edition of the podcast. The dynamic duo can ride once more uh, in that show to look ahead to a pretty important weekend and other significant happenings, perhaps get back into our trade conversation from our Tuesday episode, those sorts of fun things. Um, we talked a lot about the Spurs, John Morant's dunk, Desmond Bain scoring efficiently, Luke Kennard making some threes. The Grizzlies have another game, right? Second night of a back-to-back, one of those nice home-and-home back-to-backs. They don't have to worry about travel or anything along those lines. They get to stay in town, and they welcome the Toronto Raptors. Another game that if the Grizzlies want to get back into the conversation of the play-in, if they want to be serious, if they want to be taken seriously as a 10 seed, 9 seed, you don't want to play this team in the play-in tournament, they have to pick up a Toronto Raptors win. They have to play better against the Raptors than they did against the Spurs because while Toronto is coming off of the OG Ananobi trade, while they have a rookie head coach that we know very well in Coach Darko here in Memphis, a former lead assistant, very significant in terms of the development of Santi Aldama, Desmond Bain, and others. They are a better team than the Spurs. And even with the moves that they made, R.J. Barrett, now is a Toronto Raptor. Emmanuel Quickly, now a Toronto Raptor. Probably a starter moving forward for the Toronto Raptors. They still have Pascal Siakam. They still have Scotty Barnes, who they're pretty clearly trying to build around there in Toronto. There are numerous pieces that can create some problems for this Grizzlies team if Memphis is not prepared for the contest. So for me, what I am looking for from the Grizzlies, going back to the Spurs game briefly, 
Memphis shot so poorly from three, whether it was Marcus Smart, other players, they, they have to find ways to knock these shots down. And a lot of times it's open looks that they're not converting. So whether it's our feet or their feet not being set, whether it is the opportunity not being taken to get into a rhythm, maybe making a pass out of a good shot into a great shot. There was one sequence in the Spurs game where Marcus Smart takes a three. That was a good shot. He was open, but Vince Williams Jr. was wide open in the corner. If he had made that extra pass, it might have been a, a higher percentage opportunity in the corner for a three as opposed to Smart uh, further out on the perimeter. They have to continue to make those kinds of looks. And the good news is that was a priority of theirs against the Spurs. Lots of assists in the game on made buckets for the Grizzlies. They have to play that way if they are going to have offensive success. And again, to their credit, that's exactly what happened against San Antonio. The Memphis Grizzlies had 21 assists on 36, oh, excuse me, check that. The Memphis Grizzlies had 24 assists on 37 made buckets. So that matters. The, the way that they score, the ball movement, finding easy looks off of drill penetration, whether it's beyond the arc, or whether it's around the rim, they have to keep that high-intensity passing and cutting and efficiency rolling going. If they don't do that, it's going to be a long night for Memphis against the Raptors team that, again, better than their record indicates. 13-24, and 24, 11 away. Memphis, theoretically, should be a favorite, but it's a toss-up, right? It, it really could go either way. Uh, I think the Grizzlies are roughly a point-and-a-half favorites as we record this. You want to see what happens with the Derrick Rose injury report. Again, it's the second night of a back-to-back. -back. It's possible Memphis sits some guys out. I don't think they will because that there's not a ton of reason to. Memphis gets to go home and, and sleep in their own bed and, and find their footing a little bit. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, time is running out for this group of guys to figure out who the heck they are in terms of rotations. We need to continue to see that. The Memphis Grizzlies are not going to be an eight-man rotation moving forward. That is not what Taylor Jenkins wants to do, what he wants to be. He might do it out of necessity from time to time. Maybe he has a game plan going into a game, player gets hurt, and he makes the conscious choice to stick with guys that are already in a rhythm as opposed to trying to throw somebody out there in the second half. I think it's more that that happened against the Spurs on Tuesday. It's not some new wave of thought process for Jenkins, after all these years in Memphis, okay, actually, you know what? I don't need to be a 10-man or a 9-man rotation anymore. No, that's not what it is. But if Derrick Rose is out, assuming he is limited at best, do you go David Roddy? Do you go Zaire Williams? How do you make that determination? Do you try to match personnel? If the Raptors go big, do you get Xavier Tillman some run where he hasn't seen as much playing time of late? How Jenkins handles that rotation continues to matter, and it's the reason it'd be cool if you could give guys a night off. Desmond Bain has played a lot of basketball this season. Jaron Jackson Jr., dating back to FIBA, has played a ton of basketball. John Morant, obviously, has not played as much. So he should be good to go, assuming he's healthy. Again, he banged up his leg a little bit, but he looked okay when he dunked on Wembenyama. I don't think it's a long-term concern. How Jenkins finds the footing and the pieces, you know, how often do we see that John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Vince Williams Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr. five? There's going to have to be some team group rebounding if that's going to be a priority. But defensively, that's a pretty stout grouping. Santi Aldama, who does he fit best with? Do you put him with Biombo? Do you continue to go small even with Aldama as a center potentially? 
What do you do if Rose is out? Is Bain your secondary point guard, or do you stick with Ja Morant, basically, being that leader of the second unit, even though Ja starts, of course? You've got Ja, Bain, Smart as your starting three-guard backcourt. Ja's the first one that comes out for a breather. You insert Vince Williams Jr. for him, and then Morant comes back in and leads that second unit. You could still get to those looks, even without a Derrick Rose. But understanding that Marcus Smart is much more of a wing at this point than anything else, and Desmond Bain is a much better shooting guard than a point guard, maximizing those minutes and continuing to figure out what this rotation looks like because January 15th is approaching, and we'll talk more about January 15th. Basically what that means, not just Martin Luther King Day, of course, but it also means that it's a a time period where other newly signed players can get traded, You usually see trade activity pick up around that time. Vince Williams Jr. is running out of time on his two-way contract, being up with the big club. They're going to have to convert him. I don't think it makes any sense to send him down to the Memphis Hustle and say, thanks for your service this year, Vince. You go finish it in South Haven. They're going to have to do some sort of two-for-one deal. And that becomes more realistic around January 15th. So the call me at Martin Luther King Day is even deeper than just a, a date that I chose to try to make a determination on whether or not to stick with this season or not. It also matters in terms of trades and whether or not Memphis is buyers or sellers or sellers as the trade deadline approaches. So all sorts of stuff to keep an eye on coming into this Toronto game. Coach Darko, again, such a key cog of the development of this Grizzlies team. It's going to be cool. Hopefully he gets his flowers and lots of high fives and hugs as he returns to Memphis. And hopefully the Raptors get sent home uh, back to the great white North with a loss at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies and John Moran. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Friendly reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Next time we're together... I'll be talking Toronto, Memphis. I'll be hopefully discussing another Grizzlies win. Again, maybe revisit some trade ideas, maybe look to the rotation, break things down a little bit more, who the odd man is or odd man out currently is, who the odd man out should be if it's different than uh, what my opinion is, all those sorts of things. Lots of different angles we can take on our next episode of the show. I hope you'll join us for it. Hopefully you're an everydayer already and you're already making plans be with us for the Thursday edition of the podcast. But if not, hopefully you'll become an everydayer and wherever you get your podcasts or over on YouTube, you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, helping us continue to build and spread the good word and the good news that is Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Monax. I am appreciative of you checking us out. Check out that Morant dunk on Wemby if you haven't already done so. And make sure you're checking out our next episode tomorrow of Locked on Grizzlies. Until then,